back, no snapback, fitted all black with the hoodie up, great, ain't good enough, we ain't having that, these fans don't want substance, they want white kids rapping fast, but if I wanted people to like me, I wouldn't be an MC, I'd bake cupcakes and hand them out at parties for free, and everyone would love and respect me. You are tuning into episode 10 of the Audio Autopsy Podcast. Yes, it's episode 10, Martin. I thought it was 11. Well, last week was a bit strange. It was fun, but it was strange. But uh, as usual, I'm Mason Marshall. On the other microphone is Martin Thompson. Hey there. How you doing? Not bad. Uh, let's talk briefly about episode 10 not being episode 10. So last week, uh, Mason had the grand idea of having our 10th anniversary be a open sort of social Google Hangout. And so that was like an hour and 45 minutes of you know, socializing and various Hanging technical out. difficulties. Yeah, generally just that. Um, so there was a, like a large visual component and a lot of non sequitur. So it wouldn't have really made sense to make it into like a full episode in podcast form because it just did not fit that format. Yeah, so we skipped a week and we're bringing episode 10 now. Yeah. Um. Uh, what have we been doing? A couple of things we're going to start doing is we're going to try and start curating playlists to fit your live. Yes. Um, Just you, though. <laughs> the one person. You right there. Um, <laughs> uh, we're thinking about running, um, work, sleep, all sorts of stuff. Whatever you can think of, we're going to try and make a playlist to it. We don't know how it's going to go. We're not professionals yet, but we might get there. Yeah. So... Um, if you ever have any suggestions or playlists you'd like to share with us, let us know. Again, um, www.facebook.com slash audioautopsypodcast is where we can be found and message us. We'll message back. So it's a good spot. There you go. So I know you've been listening to some music. Why don't you tell us exactly you know, who it is, where they're from? Sure, yeah. So um, I just got back to school, and I go to school in the Twin Cities, so I thought I'd pick a Twin Cities based artist um i think i mentioned him last time it was sifu hotman the album embrace the sun and that's guante demapolis and rube collaborated on this um and it's a spoken word alternative hip-hop um that kind of genre album and it it packs like most of guante's stuff a pretty uh heavy dose of social commentary and kind of like progressive liberal that kind of issues those were brought up in a lot of his work um he's a big advocate and educator outside of his own music producing life and like a big role in the twin cities um and i thought it was interesting we could talk about maybe a minute mason um sort of the positioning that goes on within the hip-hop community i'll explain but in the song what is it it is outnumbered outgunned outmaneuvered and winning that's where he kind of talks about where their band is in relation to other bands, which is something that I think is unique to hip-hop and rap. Like, you don't ever see a rock star calling out another band or talking about their success or troubles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, actually, there's... Some of you might have seen it if you're big into the hip-hop rap scene. Uh, there's Beef, 2003 film that documents the history of hip-hop feuds. Um, it talks about, like, KRS-One, MC Sean, uh, Busy B, 50 Cent... Uh, versus Murder Inc. Um, and the breakup of NWA, and it talks about it's a kind of a documentary on beef, basically, <laughs> all these feuds between these rappers and stuff. And um, yeah, it came out in two thousand three. So that's it's so prevalent 
sort of. I don't know. It's a weird mm-hmm. scene that I'm not part of. Right, but but I just I just kind of put that together when we were talking about recording this episode that you don't, you know, in, in almost every kind of hip hop album we've talked about, there's got to be one song about where your band is and why you're doing what you're doing yep. which I'm fine with because it gives you like a little more insight into the artist and you don't get that in other I'm not trying to be critical you don't get that in other genres so it's being just a, a god and I'm... winning are very prevalent themes yeah <laughs> so not quite so with uh, Guante he does call out um, some people in that song he says uh, there's a lyric along the lines of people don't want substance they want white kids rapping fast which is a shot at Watsky um, and there's like a, U- I don't know, this was a couple years ago, there was like a YouTube chain of like Pale Kid Raps Fast, and it's him rapping up in like a, a humorous sense, and it went viral, and uh, that kind of like kick-started Watsky's career. He's got pretty uh, big b- production behind him currently. Yeah, started like not quite to like the Bieber level of YouTube to pop stardom, because that will never be done again, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, nope. But uh, Watsky started... Um, He's kind of like Bo Burnham, maybe, but he's more like straight rapping. Not Bo Burnham does so many wonderful puns and humor that Watsky doesn't quite dig into. From what I've heard but, of Watsky, it's that's a what uh, Guante said was kind of spot on, though. Yeah, it's he not just, too far off. He just talks fast about stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, there's you know I, I followed him for a while, Watsky, um, and followed him where was just where around the cities. Store, school, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, he's actually on the West Coast. Well, oh. But he he has some songs that are like that, okay, they sound good and they're fast rapping and there's not a lot of substance. But then he has like uh, Wounded Healer, Dear Take Sample, Sloppy Seconds, Tiny Glowing Screens Part 2, and these are like more recent songs that he made that showed what I thought was an increase in maturity and like taking on more difficult issues in his lyrics. And then I saw him in concert last year? I want to say, and it was just no. It was uh, pretty immature on stage. Like, <laughs> Five years old. Yeah, just the way, like, um, he came out and like, yeah, what is good, fucking right. It's like, okay, calm down. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then I stopped listening to him, and I just checked his YouTube page, and it's like two new songs, and they're okay. I didn't miss much. Yeah. In the in the interim year, nothing nothing really changed. So what was but, the what was the name of the album? The Guantum Dem Atlas. What was the name of that again? Uh, it's Embrace the Sun. When did that come out? That came out last year. Okay, um, and then, yep. So, Guante's from the cities, and you said he's kind of similar to the atmosphere? Yeah, so there, um, I don't know, there's probably a lot of history people. Uh, people can talk about the history of the spoken word hip-hop scene in the Twin Cities, and I'm guessing these are two names they bring up. Atmosphere is definitely one of the more popular groups to come out of here mm-hmm. and guante might be one of the more not popular uh, no i would just say like uh uh socially aware maybe oh yeah progressive deep yeah so um uh, any other albums that you've listened to from no actually i intend to do like a pretty good uh rigorous treatment so you might hear more more about him and atmosphere and those guys next week because in the twin cities might as well get into the milieu of that culture. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm not certain, but I think it's kind of a big scene there. I've definitely heard of um, a lot of the city-born rappers. 
Yeah. Um, Plus, it's always cool to listen to stuff from your own area because they reference stuff. They're like, yeah, yeah, I do go to First Avenue, and there's a river. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, what next? What have you been listening to? Uh, I've just been soundtrack music, basically, because I've been playing Taken King. That's a video game. Uh, density. Destiny. It's density, actually. <laughs> well, um, I talked to Bungie. It does have phenomenal music, though. Um, Didn't they just fire their like lead creative orchestrator? They had two. So they had Marty O'Donnell and Mike Salvatore. The original Destiny soundtrack, which came out last year, was written by Mike Salvatore, Marty O'Donnell, and Paul McCartney. Oh, whoa. Yeah, so all three of them wrote the original soundtrack, and then they fired Marty O'Donnell, and Mike Salvatore picked up two other different people to work on the expansion soundtracks. And, like, O'Donnell's been there through, like... He's been there for, like, 16, 17 years or something. Yeah, an entire Halo franchise Mm -hmm. of music. Yep, and so, like, the Halo was kind of a cleric chanting, um, good, you know, it was very good, the soundtrack for those as well. But um, uh, Destiny's kind of orchestral rock and fantasy. Reach had some of that, though. Mm hmm. But this one's definitely kind of like space, like, imagine, like, dragons. Nymphs in, yep, nymphs in the forest and dragon stuff, but in space with, like, rock. So like light floaty notes like, along with you know heavy well, rock beats like and stuff. That's like when a twelve year old is like, I'm gonna start a band. What's it like? What's well, like dragons in space, man? <laughs> yeah. That's what all. That's the band all of us wanted to be in ten years ago. Yep. And then killing aliens next to it. So flaming guitars and stuff. <laughs> it's a success. <laughs> but uh, that's been blasting in my ears all week. So <laughs> and nothing else. Nothing else. So um. I think I found one of the most prototypically indie uh, artists out there, Tokyo Police Club. Like that name, p- perfect. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it just it just screams indie. Like old. Vampire Weekend indie, or uh, more like those guys are painfully club. indie as well. Painfully indie. Indie. <laughs> Very indie. <laughs> um, but. Fill me in. What do I need to know? Yeah, so Tokyo Police Club uh, is a Canadian indie rock band. I think they started in 2005, and they just had an album out last year called Force Field. And I can't put better words to it than Apple does, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you the first few few uh, sentences of that uh, album description. They say, the long-awaited third studio album from Ontario's Tokyo Police Club features the kind of attention-grabbing hooks that sound so easy and obvious that whatever alternative status the group once had must be surrendered for a mainstream pop pedigree. So, what does that <laughs> they, mean to you? Uh, um, if you listen to Force Field, you'll probably kind of like it and then immediately forget it, which is why it took me so long to remember, like... Yeah, I knew there was like another band that I hadn't talked about yet that I've listened to, but they're just like, it's just such an obvious thing. You can't, you can't pin them down and be like, oh yeah, you know. It's uh, so mainstream. Cake. Yeah, Franz Ferdinand, different sound. Cake, different sound. Oh, cake. Even Two Door Cinema Club, all these people, like they have like a distinctive noise, but these guys, it's like, oh, I've heard this song before, even if it's the first time you've heard it. Yeah. So, That's... listen to it if you want to. 
the first two albums are good though yeah you know i haven't listened to their first one a whole lot um they've got um this is their that their, their third studio album um fourth album overall they had one that was kind of like their they put them on the scene in 2008 so champ 10 songs 10 years 10 days and force field are the three most recent albums and they kind of uh on the canadian alt stations they peak at like the teens of positions and then they don't really make it onto the u.s billboard charts so well if they can't make it into the top 10 of alt then they're not going to make it into the <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that makes it big here that doesn't make it a big in Canada and vice versa. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tokyo in Police Canada. Story. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the story behind their namesake. It might not be anything more than... They really like you know, Tokyo Drift and... Yeah. <laughs> no, uh... Playing Mad Libs or something, you know? <laughs> Give me a place. <laughs> Yeah. Uh man. But other than that, that has been my general music repertoire. I'm going to have to bring it back to 21 Pilots, though, once again. Um, we haven't talked about them in nearly a week. <laughs> I've obviously been listening to them. Um, I'm going to have to say the self-titled album is probably my favorite. Out of the three. There? Yeah. The first one? Yep. But... um. You know what's you know what's bullshit? What is that? No, I talked to you about this before, but I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Is that Ticketmaster gets a ton of the contracts for like tours, so they got the contract for the uh, Blurry Face Ooh. tour, mm-hmm. and um, the max that they could sell the tickets for, say at the Myth in St. Paul, which is where they'll be playing, is twenty seven dollars, I believe. So Ticketmaster, who got the contracts, can't sell for more than twenty-seven dollars, but they yep, but they can sell it to other companies who can then sell it as a middleman for whatever they want. So then a few years ago, they purchased the biggest middleman in the game, StubHub. So now StubHub is selling, say, at the Myth, they're selling these blurry face tickets for over one hundred and thirty dollars or something. And all that money's going right back to Ticketmaster. Oh, but Ticketmaster you know, t- owns them. <laughs> yeah, but Ticketmaster's not doing it at StubHub. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. No, it's not fair. <laughs> so then Ticketmaster buys up a ton of the tickets, and then then they give out you know thirty percent to other, and then thirty percent of people can. Oh, my coaster got stuck to my glass. Easy there, Crusher. Um. Wait, scalping is illegal, right? So if I try to do that, I don't I can't not. Do that? I don't. You go to a concert, you're gonna have scalpers. You go to a big concert, like when I went to the Paul McCartney concert, there were scalpers selling for like two hundred dollars. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, which which is a story in itself. But I don't think I can't. I think there might have been some legality changes recently in scalping. Um, you know. I want to Google scalping is legal, but I want to make sure it's tickets and not any other <laughs> form of scalping. Scalping Nazis. You're cutting that, right? <laughs> no. Um, yes. But the Paul McCartney concert, actually, 
I was going to go with my dad and a friend of his last year. And um, he bought the tickets for, my dad got them as a gift for us. He bought the tickets for way too expensive through a middleman. He didn't know it was a middleman, really. And um, bought the tickets. And then they disappeared like a week before we went to the concert. And um, these were like special, these were actually like official printed tickets instead of, you know, like e through the email. And um, so then we went to the place and asked for the people checking you in to print it off. And they said they mm -hmm. couldn't do that because his name was not the name on the tickets. And then he had the info of the last people that bought the tickets or the people that sold the tickets to the website that sold my dad the tickets. And it turns out they weren't even the people that name were on the tickets either. So they had, I think, originally StubHub bought them from Ticketmaster. This guy bought them from StubHub, gave them to his brother. His brother sold them to this website, and the website sold them to my dad. And um, so we had to sit outside of a Paul McCartney concert, and we were not, not able in. to get in. Yep. Wow, that sounds like you needed a special detective to trace that from you having tickets to tickets being made. Yeah, it was absurd. And uh, the the people outside scalping were selling the tickets for less than actually uh, my dad bought them for. But not like these special VIP or whatever tickets, though. No, same t same similar kind of tickets, though. I think. Wow. Yeah, that should tell you something about the website that sold them. <laughs> Real legitimate, you know. Craigslist yeah. probably would have been a more safe option, but yeah, you so... know, you make mistakes. That's kind of a, at my age, you know, who knows if we'll ever go touring again at his age. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you played any uh, stuff on the Density soundtrack. That'd be an interesting, like, all these middle-aged and older men, and then we're playing a video game soundtrack. <laughs> what is this? Uh, yeah, it's quite different than his other music. Um, I, I watched, like, a 10-minute small documentary interviewing the people who wrote the soundtrack and they said they called him up sort of they had some guy who's like hey i got a friend named paul mccartney you want to work with him i said well obviously well, I've heard of him. obviously and he was excited to do something that he'd never done before oh that's exciting it's uh i mean it's nice to see somebody who who wouldn't necessarily have to for like their livelihood still explore new music and still want to do it just for the sake of music yeah, I mean, I'm guessing he doesn't need to do it for any sort of money. Feel he, like he's all right financially. I mean, I I think I've heard he's pretty well off. Yeah, because he was we'll um, I think he was part of a pretty successful band in like the 60s, 70s. Yeah. Um, and then he had, had run. I think he had a pretty good illust uh pretty good solo career. No, but <laughs> they probably played him paid him a significant chunk of money. But uh, that is cool to see someone so prevalent in a different field step mm -hmm. into something else and take a swing at it so did he collaborate on the orchestral stuff yeah the whole well first the soundtrack okay mm -hmm. and it was kind of the three of them um throwing ideas back and forth so they'd have something they'd give it to one person obviously when you co-write something that's how you do it but They'd have something, write it, tweak it, and then put their own feels on it. And, like, um, actually, the the two guys who have been working at Bungie for, like, 15 years, 
both used to be in competing rock bands like 30 years ago. Wow, that's so great. And then, um, and then one of them went to school for to get his master's. And uh, so he's very uh, technically and book educated about, you know, history, music and everything. And then the other guy kind of makes it accessible. Okay. And works on sound, etc. So they've got like the technical, the legacy and all sorts of stuff covered. But that's not a perfect formula because we talked about it a couple episodes ago, how they can still make pretty bad music. What's that one song? Who? Oh, the Beatles? No, the Paul McCartney density song. Oh, see that yeah, that one was written by Paul McCartney. It's called Hope for the Future. And that's just a, it's it's bad. It's kind of like a <laughs> you know, a Wings or Beatles song, one of his his older style of music, not this uh soundtrack or silver screen music. But um it's embarrassing. <laughs> So yeah, you can have everything right and still slip out a few bad songs. Yep. So. Other than that, a pretty solid soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of pressed for time. Martin is at least, and mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have to let him go here. But uh, keep an eye out on the Facebook page for some playlists. We'll try and get them. Tell us where you listen to music most, and uh, be it YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, iTunes headphones speakers speakers yeah Yeah, wherever wherever Um, that sound comes from i want to know on the streets you know on people playing on tin cans whatever so um yeah we're going to try and get all sorts of stuff and we're going to try and uh have it heavily curated um each song played in an order gonna try and do Mm -hmm. some cool stuff with it so that about wraps it up for episode 10, 10.5, 11, whichever one you want to call it. We'll do 11 Somewhere next week, so we'll call this one 10. Sure. Um, good talking to you again, gonna... Martin. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to make you listen to an Atmosphere album before next week. Their most recent album was Southsiders in 2014. Um, I think that fits within our time frame of albums we can give each other. What do you got for me? Um, so I'm going to reach back a couple years and give you an album that I have listened to quite a bit and enjoyed a lot. It is uh, Bad Blood by Bastille that had their uh, Pompeii, which is the... Song you've heard a lot. Yep. Same with Bad Blood. Those two have got a lot of airplay, air coverage, radio play, however you want to say it. Isn't that from... Isn't that from 2013? You're really going back to the Stone Ages on that one. I know, and I'm sorry, but... I'm pretty sure if you Google Bad Blood album, it Google's like, yeah, you want the Bastille album, but are you sure you don't also want the Taylor Swift song? Like, oh, yeah? I'm just going to put that there in spot two, just to make <laughs> sure. I mean, but that could also be Google knowing my personal music taste and being like, you that's, mean Taylor Swift. That's, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, personalized results, you know? You listen to Taylor Swift quite often, right? Exclusively. Okay. This whole, like, Guante, Sifu Hotman stuff is just like a show. It's, it's a beard? Yeah. That was my true self. So that wraps it up for episode 10, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week.